Howdy, everybody. This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 14 of the Riffs or Die podcast for December 30, 2020. How was your Crimbus? Did y'all have a good time at Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and any other made-up holiday that you enjoyed? The winter solstice is behind us, and the days be getting longer. Hope you all had a good time with friends or family. And if you were by yourself, I still hope you had a great time. For Patreon subscribers, you guys get some bonus episodes of the podcast every month. And I'm a little bit behind on those, but fear not. I will be making up the difference in playing catch up this month. I won't let you down. <laughs> There's a new cartoon coming out on Sunday, January 3rd, called Monster Lab. It's created by a dude named Meat Canyon on YouTube, and I did the theme song for it. So check out that cartoon, Monster Lab, on Sunday, the 3rd of January, 2021, and you can hear some music that I created for the intro of the show. I'm excited to see what he did with it. As always, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash riffs or die and subscribe to get those bonus episodes, handwritten lyrics, discounts on the web store, monthly Zoom hangouts, and some other cool stuff. If you don't want to subscribe and you still want to support the show, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merchandise. There's some good old t-shirts in there, stickers, posters, pins, And eventually I'd like to get some patches in there and start getting some other items in there. Maybe that's something I'll knock out this year. So Crimbus just happened. And Santa Claus... Spoiler alert. Santa Claus is not real. When I was a little kid... I had people telling me that Santa Claus was real and Jesus was real and the Easter Bunny was real and Batman was real. So why wouldn't I believe that Santa Claus was real? It's interesting where we draw the line on some of these mythological figures. It's okay to make fun of Santa Claus, but you can't make fun of Jesus. You know, when I was a kid, at least Santa did something for me. I got some presents. I had some good old times making cookies and leaving milk. Jesus never came by. Santa actually stopped by. Speaking of breaking and entering and other illegal activities, I saw this crazy article. It's really shocking, and it's something that I'd like to talk about a little bit here. So you can find this article on a number of different websites, but this headline I'm about to read you is from Forbes.com, like Forbes magazine. And it says, More people were arrested for cannabis last year than for all violent crimes put together, according to FBI data. More people were arrested for weed last year than for all violent crimes put together. That's insane. 
Weed is legal in most of the states now, and they're still arresting people at insane rates all around the country. It says right here that over 545,000 people were arrested for cannabis-related crimes in 2019. And that arrest rate is 9% higher than the 496,000 people that were arrested for violent crimes in 2019. And those being arrested for cannabis aren't just those making money from selling, growing, or manufacturing the drug. They are mostly just people who use cannabis. The vast majority of those arrests were for simple possession of the drug. Over 500,000 of those arrests for cannabis were simply found in possession of cannabis. So even the number of people that were arrested just for simply possession of cannabis, not selling it, not making it, just having it in their pocket or in their car or whatever, still outnumbers the amount of people that were arrested for violent crimes in this country. We're wasting more police effort on busting people that have weed in their possession than we are for going after people who assault people, kill people, rape people. That's complete insanity. Our priorities are so fucked up and out of whack when we're arresting people for having a plant in their pocket instead of going after violent criminals. I really think that the war on drugs is a failed experiment. People like to talk about the era of prohibition when alcohol was outlawed and that prohibition ended in the 30s. But in my opinion, prohibition did not end. We're still living in the era of prohibition. It's just not applied to alcohol. The war on drugs is a war on personal freedom. It's a war on the consciousness of individuals. This is a serious case of my body, my choice, needing to be sung from the hilltops. Just the sheer amount of wasted money and effort by police officers is astounding. Imagine if everybody who works for the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, Imagine if everybody at DEA, instead of being dedicated to drugs, imagine if all of those officers were committed to rape, murder, kidnappings, theft, and things like that. I would feel much safer. What about you guys? I think it'd be a way better investment of tax dollars to go after violent criminals than to try to bust people who want to alter their own consciousness by their own volition. They want to do the drugs. Let them do the drugs until they've committed another crime. I really don't see a problem with it. Who cares if you're walking down the street and you walk by a crackhead that's not bothering anybody, not stealing anything, not getting into a fight, not doing anything wrong other than they're high. What is the problem with that? They're not infringing on the rights of anyone else. They should be left alone. Who am I to say that the guy who gets off of work and goes and 
does a little bit of heroin or smokes a little bit of weed should be locked in a cage. But the guy who gets off of work and drinks a whole bottle of liquor is totally cool. Different people have their different vices. And if someone needs a certain substance to get through the day and to function and feel better about life on this planet, so be it. Let them have it. Again, if they're not infringing on the rights of someone else, I don't see what the problem is. I personally believe that all drugs should be legal. All of them. When I say that to people, often the response is like, even meth and heroin? I say, absolutely, yes. Whether drugs are legal or not, people are still going to do them. So why don't we maximize freedom and let people do with their own body whatever they please, as long as they're not hurting other people by doing it? I don't see any problem with someone doing meth or heroin if they're not bothering anybody else. Now, if someone's all fucked up on meth or heroin and they're stealing cars or robbing people at gunpoint, that's a fucking problem. Those people deserve to be dealt with no different than any other psycho that wants to do shit like that. But to pretend like alcohol is completely safe and normal and other substances are demonized is just a crazy notion. It is really interesting that alcohol is a depressant. If you have too much, you can uh, black out and do things and lose all control of your body. When you're drunk, you can't function properly. You can't walk straight. You can't see straight. You, you uh, lose a lot of your mental capabilities. And alcohol is not only tolerated in our culture, but it seems to be encouraged. Alcohol is not looked at as a drug. But let's be honest, it is a drug. It's liquid drugs. And in my opinion, it's a shitty drug. The effects are not very good. It's really bad for your long-term health. And it's fucking expensive. You go to a bar and have a beer. You get tiny, tiny, tiny buzz. And it costs you anywhere between 4 and 10 bucks, depending what you order. That's a shitty drug. If you have too much, it makes you feel like shit the next day, too. And the war on drugs is not concerned with your health or your safety. I really don't think so. Drunk drivers kill people all the time. Alcohol is legal. People die from alcohol poisoning all the time. Alcohol, again, legal. And the long-term effects on your health and your body can be devastating and deadly. And this drug, liquid drugs, is not only accepted but encouraged. Meanwhile, you have things like marijuana and mushrooms. And nobody's ever overdosed or died from marijuana or mushrooms. But those things are illegal. I think it's really interesting that psychedelics are illegal, but alcohol is accepted and encouraged. Alcohol is a downer. Psychedelics will open up your mind and expand you to new horizons and can be very beneficial for your mental health and your well-being. But those are illegal. Wouldn't want people to wake up and think in a new way. 
Let's give them a downer that makes them stupid and slow. Mushrooms and other psychedelics have also been shown to treat anxiety, depression, PTSD, addiction, all kinds of benefits to those. And with mushrooms, people have been eating psychedelic mushrooms since before they figured out how to make alcohol or light things on fire and smoke. It's a super ancient tradition that our ancestors indulged in for thousands and thousands of years. So to make that illegal is essentially stripping humanity of a natural given birthright, the right to participate and communicate with the natural world in a special way that ancestors did for thousands of years in religious ceremonies. It grows out of the ground. It should be accessible to anyone who wants to partake in it. But the kind of society that wants that to be illegal is afraid of what it will do. They did a lot of testing on psychedelics in the 60s and found out that it does activate your mind in different ways and and psychedelics are really good at dissolving power structures. So they're dangerous to the establishment. So we're still living in the era of prohibition. And let's just think here for a second. What happens if you end prohibition? Let's take inventory of the pros and cons here. If you end prohibition, I think you could spend a fraction of what we do on the drug war, which has, again, been proven to be a failed experiment. It's not working. Drugs still get into this country. Drugs are still made. Drugs still get onto the streets. Drugs are still done by people. The war on drugs does not work. Prohibition doesn't work. We proved it with alcohol in the 20s and 30s. That's why they got rid of it. It created more gang violence. It created a bigger demand for the stuff. It was just a nightmare, and we're still living in that nightmare. So you could spend a fraction of what we do on the drug war and spend that on education. Educate people on what these things actually do to you and what their effects are and how it will affect your life and your well-being and your, your health. I think that's a much more worthy investment of taxpayer money instead of locking people up for this stuff. So these are some of the things that I think are pros. If you end prohibition, you end the drug war. We can stop locking people up in cages for doing things to their own body. We could keep families together. Often people get thrown into jail or prison for drugs and it ruins the whole family. Then all of a sudden, the kids don't have parents. It's just bad for everyone involved. So you could keep families together. You can stop supporting for-profit prisons. The prison system in this country is insane. Privatized prisons that make money when they're overflowing with prisoners? We should stop supporting this system. It's evil. Completely evil. If you end the war on drugs, you also have less gangs, less power for cartels. All of a sudden, there's not people killing each other in the streets over money that was made on the black market. All of a sudden, being a drug dealer is a legitimate business, and drug dealers have to contribute to society. And I think taxes are 
bullshit, they're extortion, but in the game as it's played right now, if you legitimize the business of dealing drugs, being a delivery guy or whatever for whatever substance, all of a sudden that person has to pay taxes on their income. So big government would love that. They're getting more tax dollars. If you legalize drugs, the drugs get better and cleaner and safer because all of a sudden you don't have Bubba cooking up something in his bathtub for you to put into your body and you don't know what's in it. It's not regulated. There's no safety inspection. It's a gamble. So you legalize drugs. I think the products get better, cleaner, safer. The entire country's paranoia level would decrease because a lot of people say like, oh my God, if you legalize drugs then everyone's going to be doing drugs. (laughs) I really love when Ron Paul was on the debate stage back in, I think, 2012. And he was arguing for ending the drug war. And they said, well, Mr. Paul, Dr. Paul, if we legalize drugs tomorrow, aren't you concerned that everyone's going to start doing drugs? And he basically said, okay, if we legalized heroin tomorrow, raise your hand if you're going to start doing heroin. Nobody in the whole room raised their hand. And Ron Paul was basically like, there you go. That's my point. Just because you legalize them doesn't mean that people are going to start doing them. People that want to do drugs are going to do drugs, whether they're illegal or not. People that don't want to do them aren't going to do them, whether they're legal or not. And adults are no different than little kids. You tell them to not do something, all of a sudden, that's what they want to do. So the psychology behind that, making it available and not taboo, I think would honestly put some people off to doing drugs. Because all of a sudden it's not dangerous and cool. And Here's a giant thing. If you legalized all drugs, you would free up law enforcement officers to go after real criminals. Think about it. If you legalize drugs, all of a sudden cops can go after rapists, murderers, violent people, kidnappers, thieves. The kinds of people that actually deserve to be locked up and punished for what they're doing. Cops could have the time and resources to go after those kinds of people. We really should stop wasting tax dollars on this completely evil failed experiment. It is a war on the minds of people. It's not a war on drugs. It's a war on consciousness. It's a war on freedom. I really genuinely believe That if we legalized all drugs, you would see a more sane society emerge. There'd be less paranoia, less corruption, less violence. And I think overall, just the general mental health of the entire country would improve. I also feel that speed limits in certain areas should not exist. If you're in the middle of nowhere, flat road, conditions are fine. Why can't we drive 150 miles an hour? Who cares? If you're in the middle of nowhere, there's no towns, there's no sidewalks, there's no crosswalks. What is the problem if you're flying down the road? That is one of the best things about Germany on the Autobahn, their highways. 
certain areas, there's no speed limit and you can rip down the highway. It's great. It's really, really nice. You can get places fast, have a little bit of fun, and you're not terribly endangering anybody. Granted, people in Germany actually know how to drive, and they don't hang out in the left lane, which is for passing people. But that's a whole other story. In the Havoc song, Ritual of the Mind, I talk about the war on drugs very briefly in that song. But the line says, they want a war on drugs, but not the ones they sell, because they're making too much money. They want to get you hooked, make you an empty shell. To them, your life means nothing. I'm really talking about Big Pharma there. You know, they Big Pharma is a huge reason that uh, marijuana is looked at negatively. Marijuana can cure a lot of things that they're selling drugs for. Why would you want some natural remedy that people can grow themselves for free to be legal when you're selling them the pills? So they want a war on drugs, but not the ones they sell because they're making way too much money. I thought that was really interesting. There's an old Joe Rogan bit, stand-up bit, where he's talking about the partnership for a drug-free America and how the partnership for a drug-free America is actually the alcohol industry. The commercials that are anti-drugs, the little PSAs you see on TV that are telling you to not smoke weed or not do drugs, they're paid for by the alcohol industry. The alcohol industry doesn't want other drugs being legalized because they've got a corner on the market. Why would you want cheaper, better, safer, more effective drugs to be legalized if you're the only big fish in the pond? It's bad for business. Good for people, but bad for business. That seems to be a trend that we see a lot in our modern world. Things that would be good for humanity are bad for business, so they don't happen. And unfortunately, you could argue that this country is already a fascist nation. Huge facet to fascism is when big companies and government are basically married, tied at the hip. Working hand in hand. And basically, that's where we are. Big corporations are in bed with big government, and they stroke each other off and The people lose, but the corporations and government seem to uh, do just fine. People in humanity and happiness be damned. I know it's a bit controversial, what I've already said, but what I'm about to say too. But I don't give a shit. It's what I really think. I'm all about maximum freedom. As long as you're not infringing on the rights of others, I think you should be able to do whatever the hell you want. And personally, I think that prostitution should be legal as well. You legalize that, all of a sudden, prostitutes have to pay money and taxes. It's a legitimate job. They don't have to live in fear. All of a sudden, they don't have to be paying pimps because it's a legit job. And you make it safer, make it cleaner. Make prostitutes go get STD tests all the time. That's what they do at uh, some of those brothels that are legal in Nevada. They get tested all the time. They've never had any AIDS outbreaks. 
you make it safer, cleaner. All of a sudden, these people can pay taxes. And I think overall, the society is more sane. Often the kinds of people that would go into work and kill everybody because they're just fucking out of their minds and angry and irritable. I guarantee you, you would see a lot less of that if these kinds of deranged, angry people could go spend 200 bucks and bang a supermodel. I know it sounds like crazy shit that I'm talking, but I've made the joke in the past that people always say that Europe has less mass shootings because they don't have legal guns. And uh, halfway tongue-in-cheek, I would say they don't have mass shootings because prostitution's legal. All the losers that would go into work and kill everybody can go get laid. All the guys that can't get a girlfriend are not in the bar scene looking for chicks and charming and handsome and this, that, and the other. They can spend some coin and get that energy out of them, you know? Legalizing prostitution also gives more freedom to the prostitutes themselves. If people want to make a living having sex with people for money, why should government get in between them and their pursuit of happiness? If that's what makes them happy and that's what they want to do, get out of the way and let them do it. Again, it all goes back to freedom. Freedom of choice. Freedom to choose your own path as long as you're not harming others. George Carlin had a great point about this. He said, selling things is legal. Fucking is legal. Why is selling fucking not legal? It's a great point. And uh, (laughs) I've never heard a great argument against it. I mean, porno is basically legalized prostitution. Apparently, in the United States of America, prostitution is legal as long as there's a camera filming it. People can have sex for money, and it's totally legal as long as it's being filmed. And what the hell kind of stupid-ass loophole is that? So I think in many ways, America is a bit bipolar and schizophrenic. Our culture has got some very strange ideas. In many ways, our culture is super prude and uh, puritanical and tries to act like sex is a bad thing. But then every commercial you see, every movie you see, every pop star, every magazine cover, is everything is just over-sexualized. Everything is sexualized, but somehow sex is bad and taboo and you're not allowed to talk about it. That's some serious schizophrenic psychosis shit that our country is stuck in the midst of. Seems like we're very confused. Sex is bad, but sexualize everything. That cognitive dissonance seems to be at play in a lot of different facets of our society. Well, now we've gone from Santa Claus and Jesus to drugs, speed limits, and prostitution. Where do we go from here? I have an idea. Why don't I shut the fuck up and start reading some questions for you guys? Woo! These are going to be the last questions of 2020. Unless I get to some of those bonus episodes of podcasts tomorrow or the next day. 
which I very well may do. Again, I'm a little behind on those, and I need to do my damn job. If this podcast has been disgusting or disturbing to you, I'm really not sorry, because, you know, this is the land of freedom, allegedly, and you have the freedom to listen to this or not. If you don't like what you hear, you can always turn it off. And if you do like what you hear, thanks very much for listening. Appreciate you very much. Come on back. But long story short, with all this stuff I just talked about, I really think that drugs should be legal, prostitution should be legal, and we should have no speed limits in certain areas. Because freedom, what a concept. Someone should start a country based on the idea of individual liberty and freedom. Hmm. Wonder what a country like that would be. I wonder what a country like that would look like and be called. Hmm. Hmm. On to the questions. Let's go. This one says one question to rule them all. All right. Let's see what you got here. Says, hey, David, still, as always, digging the podcast, its content, and your sweet, sweet musical suggestions. Thank you. I was wondering, since you're a big hiker and camper, if you have any scary stories or creepy animal encounters in your adventures. Or if not, did you have any scary times on tour or otherwise? Thanks for being the proper kind of metal I can understand what you say when you belt it out. (laughs) And as for life advice, I'm going to have to use the words of Timothy Leary himself. Quote, Throughout human history, as our species has faced the frightening, terrorizing fact that we do not know who we are or where we are going in this ocean of chaos, it has been the authorities, the political, the religious, the educational authorities, who attempted to comfort us by giving us order, rules, regulations, informing, forming in our minds, their view of reality. To think for yourself, you must question authority and learn how to put yourself in a state of vulnerable open-mindedness, chaotic, confused vulnerability to inform yourself. End quote. The rest of this email says, think for yourself, question authority. Amen and amen. We're all sadly living in the unrestrained fear campaign. Enjoy your time in Hawaii, man. Fight a shark and drink some brews. Jam badass riffs and keep bringing us the Sanchez news. All right, it rhymes, so it must be true. Timothy Leary, great mind and definitely an advocate for ending the war on drugs. Thanks for that good quote. And uh, as far as scary stories or creepy animal encounters in my adventures, the first one that comes to mind is I was camping in Monument Valley, Utah, Arizona, right there on the border. Monument Valley is super famous imagery that's seen in a lot of Western movies. It's where they have those big, huge red rocks that are just jutting straight up out of the ground that look like towers. Some of them look like mittens. Other ones look like giant skyscrapers made of rock almost. But I was in Monument Valley, and I was camping. I was all by myself, and I set up a tent... Um, this woman lets people stay on her property. So I gave her some money and pitched a tent right there in the middle of the desert. I was all by myself. There was no other campers out. I could see 
all the stars. The stars out there were amazing. I could see satellites going by all the time. A lot of shooting stars. And I actually got some time-lapse footage of the night sky going by. I'll see if I can find that on my phone. Maybe I'll post that up to plug this podcast here. But anyways, I was out there all by myself. No one else around. And it was probably about three in the morning or so. I woke up because I could hear footsteps all around my tent. And there was not a moon out. There was no moonlight, so things were not illuminated well at all. I uh, unzipped a window from my tent and tried to look around, but I couldn't see anything. There was just no light. So I couldn't see anything, but I heard footsteps literally all around my entire tent. And started freaking out, like, holy shit, I'm surrounded. And I'm all by myself. There's no one here to yell to for help or anything. And as I'm sitting there hearing these footsteps all around my tent and mildly starting to freak out, all of a sudden, I just heard and let out a huge sigh of relief because it was fucking horses. (laughs) There was wild horses walking all around my tent in the middle of the night. And uh, that was thankfully, in the end, not terribly scary, but... Uh, before they made that horse noise and I could identify what the hell it was, it was very scary. I thought it was a bunch of people. I had no idea, but uh, (laughs) that was a good spooky one. And I'll try to find that footage, that time lapse I took of the night sky with a GoPro. I plugged the GoPro into like a mobile battery bank and just let it run as long as it would go. I think I got about six hours of footage and the footage is very cool. I had it on a long exposure, so you could see a lot of stars in it. And it took a new picture, I think, every 30 seconds or every minute to make the video itself. So I'm going to look for that and post it up. But yeah, that was a creepy animal encounter for sure. I don't even know how many horses there were, but there was definitely at least three because I could hear them all around my tent. Thank God they made that horse noise. Otherwise, to this day, I would still not know what it was, and it would have been kind of scary. Out in the middle of the desert in the dark by yourself (laughs) with the footsteps circling you. Thanks for writing in. Good questions. And long live Timothy Leary. Let's jump into one more question here, and then we'll wrap it up. This one says, Equipment used on records. Hey there, David. I was wondering what equipment, especially amps, that were used on each of the Havoc albums. Did you guys use the PV Triple X 1 or 2 on any recordings? Do you tend to use any boost pedals? What type of pickups do you prefer? I'm a bit behind on the podcast, so I apologize if you answered this specifically on a recent one. Thank you. I have not answered this question on a recent one, so you are in luck, sir. Which equipment, especially amps, were used on each Havoc album? Well, let's see how good or bad my memory is here. (laughs) On the album Burn, I believe I recorded that with my Gibson Explorer, which was loaded with an EMG-81 in the bridge. 
And typically the bridge pickup is the only one that matters when we're playing rhythm guitars on a metal album. So EMG 81 active pickup in a Gibson Gothic Explorer. And that was run through a Madison amp, an all tube amp company was in Colorado and they made really great sounding amps. And uh, I'm not sure if they're still around. I don't think they're still made, but killer amps. And for that record, I might have used an EQ pedal in front of the head. It would have either been an EQ or a an overdrive pedal. Typically, we do use an overdrive pedal in front of an amp just to give it a little more meat. On Time Is Up, I also used a Madison amp. And I believe the guitars were largely reamped by the guy that mixed the record. So I think on the Time Is Up album, you're mostly hearing a Mesa triple rectifier. I don't know if there was something in front of it or what kind of cab it was run through, but I know on Burn, it was Celestian Vintage 30 speakers. And on Time Is Up, I believe I recorded all the rhythm guitars on my ESP... Dave Mustaine's signature DV8R. It's uh, like a yellow, orange, red fade finish on a flame maple top flying V. It's a fixed bridge. And again, there was an EMG 81 active in that guitar. Then on the Point of No Return EP, I really can't remember which guitar I used it might have been that same uh, ESP DV8R that was used to record on Point of No Return. Not sure. It was either that or the ESP DJ600V, which was that white flying V with the blood splatter all over it. The Dan Jacobs signature. It was one of those two guitars. In either case, it definitely would have been an EMG81 pickup. An amplifier on Point of No Return. It might have been my Madison. And on Unnatural Selection, again, it would have been one of those same two guitars that I just mentioned for Point of No Return with the EMG 81. And that had to have been recorded through the PV XXX2 for the head. Overdrive that was used in front of it was probably at the time a Zach Wild overdrive made by MXR. And then for Conformicide, I was using my Framus Custom Shop Vs, and the Framus guitars were loaded with EMG X pickups. So I know that on Conformicide, the rhythm guitars you're hearing were tracked with an EMG 81X in the bridge. One performance was run into two different heads and then was going to two different cabinets. So one take was going into two totally different rigs. One of them being the PV Triple X2, and the other one was a PV 6534 Plus. And we blended those two amp sounds together to get what you hear on Conformicide. And that definitely would have been done with my overdrive pedal that I still currently use and I love, which is the Electroharmonic Soul Food Overdrive. Then for V, 
We did a lot of experimentation. We shot out a ton of different amps. And on V, it's a combination of a bunch of different amps, depending which song you're listening to. There could be different stuff on there. But the rhythms, largely it was my ESP EX guitar, my white one. The pickups are the EMG H4, and those are a passive pickup. It's the first time we used a passive humbucker for the rhythm guitars on a Havoc record. But it's the EMG H4 with Ernie Ball strings in the ESP EX, and it was running into the Electro Harmonics Soul Food Overdrive. And again, this is for the main rhythm tracks. This was not for everything. We would uh, use different amps for blending in on layered parts. But it was the Electro Harmonics Soul Food running into a Driftwood Purple Nightmare running through a Celestian 65-watt cream back speaker. Cream as in like whipped cream. Not green, but cream back. The 65-watt one specifically. And the solos on V are all running through a PV 6534. The 6534 is essentially a 6505, but with EL34 tubes instead of 6L6 tubes in it. That amp just sounds amazing. The 6534 and the PV2XX2 are two of my favorite amps of all time. Really, really love those amplifiers. They don't make either of them anymore, but if you can get your hands on a 6534 or a 6534 Plus or a XXX, it'll definitely be worth the money. They're not terribly expensive, not insanely rare. So if you want to get something close to a Havoc sound, those are the two amps that I would recommend. And as far as the layer guitar parts on V, we used all kinds of different amplifiers. There was Mesa, PV, Rhodes, Diesel, Marshall, and just all kinds of different amplifiers for the layer sections. Also, uh, we would swap out the overdrive pedals that were being used for those layer parts. Sometimes it was an MXR, sometimes it was a fuzz pedal. And on a select few parts of V for the layer guitar, we actually used a Boss HM2. I have a Made in Japan Boss HM2, which is basically the, quote, buzzsaw pedal that you hear on a lot of old Swedish death metal stuff, like Entombed and At the Gates. That got a little bit of use on the record. The number one spot that I can think of where we did use that HM2 is in the middle of Merchants of Death. In the middle of Merchants of Death, there is a third guitar, maybe two extra guitars, there might be four, but there's at least one extra layer guitar, a third one, where we use the HM2, and you can hear that kind of at-the-gates, entombed-ish kind of sounding guitar tone. But we went really nuts with the guitars and the tones and uh, did a long journey on the tone quest for V. I think we shot out five different guitars. I believe we tried out like 10 different speakers. And as far as amps, I think we tried out like 13 different heads. We went bananas 
when trying to find the right sounds for the guitars on V. So what you hear is a result of hours and hours and hours and hours of uh, trying out different things, different combinations, and eventually what you hear is what we got. Good question. Thanks for writing that in. Well, I'd say it's about time to wrap her up, Sonny. Thanks a lot for listening to this. If you got all the way into this one, you are a champion of the universe. Be looking out sometime in January for me to have a guest or two on here. And if you want to support the podcast, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up a t-shirt, pick up some other merch. Or if you really want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and subscribe. You'll get access to bonus content. And you'll get some free merchandise and have the ability to do monthly Zoom calls with me and get your hands on some handwritten lyrics. So if that interests you, just go to patreon.com slash riffs or die and sign up. For those that have already done it, thank you very, very much. Y'all are the best. And for my weekly musical recommendation, I am going to suggest you go and listen to Queen, A Night at the Opera. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have already heard that record. But if you haven't, definitely go check it out. A Night at the Opera by Queen. It's got Bohemian Rhapsody on it and a whole bunch of other gems. Especially some of the stuff that you would not hear on the radio are some of my favorite Queen songs ever written. So check it out, especially in headphones. There's a song on there called The Prophet Song that definitely deserves to be listened to with headphones. There's some very, very cool stereo image effects and uh, trickery going on in there. The vocals with Freddie playing with like a delay on his voice and singing with himself and harmonizing is just one of the fucking coolest things I've ever heard on a recording. So, check it out. Queen, A Night at the Opera. I'll leave you with that. Y'all take care of yourselves and each other. Try to leave the world a little nicer than the way you found it. And we'll be alright. Take care, everybody. Happy New Year! <laughs>